MomCast is sponsored by Revision LASIK and Cataract Surgery, Vision for Life, and by Visit Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is Kidsburgh. Welcome to MomCast this week. And, you know, typically I try to start with uh, something fun or lighthearted. And this week we just have something that I want to talk to you about directly. Um, We heard this week about uh, the death, the suicide of Kate Spade. Uh, the suicide of Anthony Bourdain, and and we've been hearing other uh, actors as well coming into the mix. And, you know, it's shocking to us, and I wanted to take some time and discuss depression with you and discuss depression on MomCast because I think it's vitally important. I think we have to stop hiding it under the rug or whispering or all of those things and discuss this together. Because you never know. Uh, First of all, it might help you realize you're not alone if it's something you struggle with. Um, And it might help you help a friend or a loved one and stop this cycle that we see happening. So I wanted to let you know I recorded this interview with an expert just before we heard about the death of Anthony Bourdain. So if you don't hear me talking about him, that is why. But I still felt this was such good information for you and and such an important thing that we talk about together uh, that I wanted to bring it to you. Mommy! It's the MomCast. Really, Mom? Mommy! Mom! You are listening. MomCast! The MomCast. I I think we were all very shocked to hear about the death of Kate Spade. I don't know why when we hear these stories, we're shocked. I think part of it is because someone who, to us, seems to have it all. They're successful. They're famous. They probably have a lot of money. Uh, She has a child and a family. Um, But you know what? A lot of times we don't know what's going on behind the scenes. And we have with us today Dr. Prakash Masand. He is a New York City psychiatrist, and he's also founder of the Centers of Psychiatric Excellence. Uh, Doctor, thank you so much for being with us today. So delighted to be with you and your listeners uh, this morning. And, you know, it's kind of what I said. I mean, I, I'm a fan of of all of the fashions, uh, the creations of Kate Spade. And I have to say, um, I shouldn't have been as someone in the media, but when I heard she had uh, apparently committed suicide, I was shocked. And I think it's true in a sense we as women tend to look at other women and they're successful and everything in their life seems perfect when we really shouldn't do that because nobody's got a perfect life. You're absolutely right. Nobody has a perfect life. And I think this gives us an opportunity to, in some ways, revisit how common psychiatric illnesses are, how common suicide is in America. You know, your listeners will be shocked to know that every day, like today, 123 Americans commit suicide. You know, that's like me getting on a Delta regional jet in one hour. If a jet like that crashed every day, year after year, people would be appalled. But we sometimes forget that suicide is a killer in in individuals between the ages of 15 and 44. It's in the top three causes of death. It's the 10th leading cause of mortality uh, uh, in the United States today. And the rates of suicide have not gone down. They've actually creeping up over the last 10 years. Wow, that that does seem surprising that that they are going up. Um, You know, I think of someone like 
Kate Spade, we think, oh, well, she's got all the money she needs. She has it all. She should be able to, you know, have access to the very best psychiatrists and mental health experts. Um, And then we heard from her husband. He said she was getting some help. There are a lot of people that don't get help that are famous. Is there some sort of stigma? There is a great degree of stigma, unfortunately, even today. You know, a lot of people look upon psychiatric illness still today as a weakness. They just need to pull them up, pull themselves up by the bootstraps. But I tell everybody, psychiatric illness is a medical illness of the brain. It's no different than hypertension or diabetes or coronary artery disease. It's just that a different organ of the body is involved. And just as we would not be ashamed of seeking treatment for cancer, of a heart disease, of arthritis, we should not be afraid to seek treatment for psychiatric illnesses. These are common illnesses, but we are very good at treating them. Well, and I, I'm going to I tell you, I heard a couple moms say this, some friends of mine that said, well, uh, but she's a mom. I mean, why wouldn't being here for her daughter be enough to keep her from taking her own life. Can you talk to that? Sure. It often appears selfish to the observer, but think about this. If your thinking was clouded by feelings of despondency, life is not worth living, I'm better off dead than alive, that was a symptom of the illness that you had thoughts about ending your life, at that time your judgment is clouded. You do not see things in a rational manner. And so, you know, we cannot blame uh, the person who committed suicide because it's like blaming somebody, uh, you know, whose blood sugar has been going up despite being on insulin uh, or blame somebody who still has chest pain even after they are being treated by their cardiologist for their coronary artery disease. This is not something that ordinarily is under the patient's control. And I've even had uh, some of my mom's friends say this, and this is, uh, it's so concerning to me when they feel this way. And again, talk about clouded judgment. I've, I've heard friends of mine say, my kids would be so much better off without me. Absolutely, because uh, one of the things that illnesses like clinical depression do to you is decrease your sense of self-worth. You feel like a burden on your family, on your loved ones. And you say, you know, maybe if I take my life, I will end their suffering because they are also suffering. Depression doesn't affect just the patient. It affects everybody in your orbit. It affects your family, your friends, your colleagues, your co-workers. This is the number one cause of disability in the world today is clinical depression of any medical illness. Well, you mentioned that in the demographic uh, that rates are actually rising. I, I feel like, too, we think of this as something younger people tend to do like you hear about a teenager and we work really hard you know to make sure that our kids we talk to them and we're watching for the signs i think sometimes we forget about moms or moms and dads and we don't worry as much and yet they're right in that age group you talked about absolutely you know in fact uh women uh in their 30s and 40s are at a very high risk for clinical depression Elderly women are at very high risk for clinical depression and suicide. Women are twice as likely as men to develop clinical depression. And this is something that has been shown over and over again. It's very interesting in the teenage population, the ratio 
of, uh, you know, a teenager, a male versus female for depression is one-to-one. Uh, but as, uh, you know, the decades go by, it becomes two-to-one. Women are twice as likely to develop depression as men. So they should be looking for signs and symptoms of depression even more than men. Well, do we know why that is? Because typically you would think uh, the women are more of the caregivers, more of the people looking for that. They're probably looking in everybody but themselves. But do we know why more women develop this? So there are several potential explanations. Some of them may have to do with just a different biology. Uh, Some people have argued that the symptoms of depression that we look for Uh, are more likely to be expressed by women. So women are more likely to talk about their feelings. They're more likely to talk about their sadness. They're more likely to talk about how depression affects their lives. In men, depression may be manifest in the form of irritability or anger attacks. And those are not symptoms that we count uh, towards the diagnosis of depression. So some people feel that the diagnostic uh, criteria may be skewed uh, to pick it up more in women. I want to ask, because I I think it's so important, I think women are really keyed into um, postpartum depression, and then they kind of, if they get through that, then they don't really necessarily think about it again. I I want to talk about two things. First of all, what you should do if you suspect someone is suicidal, and then we'll talk about what you should look for in yourself. But let's talk about looking at others our, our group of friends, our group of family members, what should we be looking for? What should we do? What are the signs we should say, you know what, I'm, I'm worried they may be suicidal? Sure. So there are several things to keep in mind. The first is we should encourage our friends and family members to talk about their feelings, including if they have thoughts about hurting themselves or saying they're better off dead. There is a myth that exists in the world today that if you ask somebody about suicidal thoughts, you're putting that thought in their mind. Nothing can be farther from the truth. So it's very important to look for changes in sleep patterns, appetite patterns, feelings of sadness, lack of interest in activities that you previously enjoyed, uh, indecisiveness, memory disturbances that are not explainable by neurological illness. If you have these symptoms, a depressed mood, it lasts for weeks, not just days. This is not sadness. This is a clinical depression. And you should ask about suicidality. And a very easy way is just say, you know, have you ever had thoughts about hurting yourself or felt that you're better off dead or you felt that life is not worth living anymore? And if the answer to that question is yes, then they need to be evaluated by a clinician. Boy, that is a, a tough conversation. I mean, if you think about it, to have with a friend, you're, you're, you know, your friends, or maybe it's a, a sister or brother, that seems like a tough thing to actually verbalize. It is a tough thing to verbalize, but just think about this. You know, if I, you know, love my spouse, if I love my child, if I, you know, love my friend, wouldn't you want your friend to do the same for you and say, I care about you so much. Your presence in my life is so important. I want to make sure that I'm there for you, that I'm there to help you. And that's where this is coming from. And, you know, think about it. Most human beings do not want to die. They do not want to kill themselves. From an evolutionary standpoint, we fight to live, right? Mm -hmm. So the reason people often think that suicide may be the only way out is because they often feel nobody cares whether they are here or not. And hearing those words from a loved one can make all the difference in saving a life. 
All right. Lastly, before we go, because this has been really good information, I, I do want to address a, a woman, a mother uh, in themselves, you know, kind of looking in the mirror. Are these the same symptoms that they should look for? I mean, what do Absolutely. you do if it's yourself? Absolutely. You should ask yourself this question. Have I noticed in myself that my mood is sadder than it normally is? And even though there may be a reason for it, is it lasting for two or three weeks most of the day, more days than not? Is my sleep disrupted? Am I sleeping too little or too much? Am I eating too little or too much? Have I gained weight? I've lost weight. Do, do I have thoughts about feeling despondent and feeling that life is not worth living? Has it affected my thinking, my memory, my decisiveness, my energy levels? And now we have very good screening instruments like the PHQ-9 available free on the web that you can fill out. And if you answer yes to four or more questions, seek help from a clinician. We have very good treatments uh, for depression. And, you know, women, for example, postpartum depression, everybody can have some depression in the postpartum period, 80% of women. But if you have these symptoms that I just told you, it's clinically significant postpartum depression deserving of very aggressive treatment. Now, this uh, form you talked about, can they find that at copepsychiatry.com? Uh, yeah, they can go to copepsychiatry.com uh, or, or, or they can just Google PHQ9. It's the patient health questionnaire. There are nine items and you can download it for free on the web and fill it out and it, it tells you, you know, what the scoring is, everything, and then it just, you can decide, you know, if you need to seek help. In fact, the government has now mandated that the PHQ be given to all teenagers because the rates of uh, depression and suicide in teenagers is rising. It's now kind of mandated by the government that your pediatrician should be giving it to every teenager. Oh. But yes, you can go to copesakai3.com. Uh, you can just Google it. It's a very simple way to Google PHQ9 item. So it's nine items. Patient Health Questionnaire, Patient Health Questionnaire, a wonderful screening instrument. Well, I love that because I'm sure a lot of uh, folks would be more apt to do that in the privacy of their own home and then exactly. see, you know, how they do. And same with their teens. That, that's very exactly. helpful. Well, exactly. and I think um, the recent death, of, as we have been mentioning, of Kate Spade, I think it lets us all know it doesn't matter what your life is like. It doesn't matter how perfect it may seem. We all can deal with this. So uh, Dr. Prakash Masand, uh, New York City psychiatrist, founder of the Centers for Psychiatric Excellence. Thank you for all this great information. I appreciate you talking with us. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be with you and your listeners today. Thank you. You take care. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. I want to take some time and thank our MomCast sponsors this week, Revision LASIK and Cataract Surgery. Uh, Dr. Shah, uh, she's a wonderful, wonderful gal. She's a mom. She's she's caring. And if there's anything going on, if you need even just a, an exam, perhaps it's a parent or a loved one that you're not sure. Maybe they need cataract surgery or they're having some issues with their eyes or even if it's the kids. Um, make sure you check her out because she can give you the help you need. Revision LASIK and cataract surgery. They are at Polaris Parkway up in the Polaris area. If you're in Columbus, go to revisioneyes.com. And our newest sponsor, which I'm so pleased to have, visit Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is Kidsburg. We've gone. We loved it. It is just a wonderful, shorter trip if you're in the Columbus area to take your family on. 
So parents, you're going to have to trust me on this because this was like uh, me hitting the vacation uh, quick getaway lottery. Go to visitpittsburgh.com slash kidsburg and there's going to be great information for you there. You're going to find about four or five great things to do all in one place. So I'll tell you this much. Uh, rest up before you go because <laughs> it'll be a busy weekend or four day getaway for you. Get discounted attraction tickets, hotel deals and more at visitpittsburgh.com slash kidsburg. Well, thanks for being here for this week's MomCast. And if you know somebody that really uh, could benefit from our conversation today, please share MomCast. Uh, And if you ever, as always, have any comments or questions, of course, you can uh, shoot us an email. Find us on Facebook. Um, You can always leave us a note or a message there, and we'll get back to you as soon as we we can. I hope you have a great week.